Hello, this is Donna Reish, author of Character Quality Language Arts, Meaningful Composition, and the Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar, as well as the Character Inc. blog. You have happened upon an episode of Wondering Wednesday. Welcome. Today we are going to be talking about five tips for efficiency in the kitchen. The first tip that I would like to give you is one that you hear often on Pinterest and other places, and that is to use the crock pot. I have a love relationship with my crock pots. I just organized them today on my shelves and nested them wonderfully because I have this crock pot set with three inserts and I have two of those so I have six crocks and two crock pot bases and so on and so forth but my crock pot has truly become my best friend as I have become more and more of an at-home self-employed worker slash writer editor and so forth and less and less of a homeschool teacher since my last child is now doing mostly college when I was at home all day teaching, it seemed like I had more time to run in and, and fry up some meat or do different preparations throughout the day. But now, I like to get something going and leave it. And that is what the crock pot is wonderful for. For example, I worked at home this morning, but right before I left to go do some research at the library and run some errands, I just put a bunch of ingredients in for a big pot of vegetable soup since it is a rainy dreary Indiana week even though it's June anyway the crock pot has truly become my best friend for efficiency in the kitchen and here are some reasons why or some ways that you can utilize it even more the first one is for cooking meats it is not something that I thought of throughout the years and I wish that I had known this 20 years ago because it has been such a lifesaver to me in terms of messiness in the kitchen and um, just that feeling of overwhelm cooking a lot of meat. When we had a lot of children at home, we always cooked up 10 or 20 pounds of ground beef, um, chicken breasts and thighs and so forth and then shredded them crumbled so on and so forth and then had those for recipes and um, would put those in the freezer which is a point in a little bit I'm going to talk about but more recently I have learned about cooking meats in my crock pot I have a blog post about this about my shredded chicken cycle that you can find at the character ink blog and I'm getting ready to add more of those cycles and how I use the crock pot for those such as the crumbled beef cycle but it is a wonderful thing to put 10 or 20 pounds of ground beef in the crock pot the night before and get up the next morning drain it crumble it and have a whole lot of meat to do anything you want to with now that might sound like a lot of meat and way more than you would want to do an average amount of cooking but it doesn't have to be that large a quantity either. I usually can put five pounds in my crock pot, turn it on high for a half an hour, then on low for the night or for four or five or six hours, depending on which crock pot I use and how hot it is and so on. And then at the end of the time, 
I drain it and crumble it and usually put half of it back into the crock pot, which is already dirty with the hamburger grease after I've already drained it, of course, but it's already soiled with the same food I have already going to use for the next meal. And then I make something in the crock pot right then and there. I just go ahead immediately and make sloppy joes or taco meat or chili or vegetable hamburger soup or cheeseburger potato soup, and so on and so forth. And I literally have used one pot for all of that. I do the same kind of things with shredded chicken and shredded turkey, and also even with shredded beef and shredded pork sometimes. Just cook up a bunch for a period of time, either overnight or all morning or half the day or whatever, empty it out, and then use that same messy crock pot to start another meal and freeze the rest of the meat. Additionally, I find that anything that I like to simmer for a while is just so much easier in the crock pot because I don't have to watch the stove. Vegetable soup, chili, potato soup, and so forth. And if I want to thicken it at the end, I can just take off the lid. So think outside of the box when it comes to using your crock pot and consider things that you currently watch on the stove and see how those can be made into crock pot meals. Things like um, layered casseroles that you might put in the oven can be layered in your crock pot. Uh, there are a million ideas on Pinterest, but I would venture to say that I use my crock pot at least once a week for the last five years on average. There are some weeks that I'll use it three or four times and maybe occasionally a week that I don't use it. But I truly think that once you get onto it and you learn you know, about your crock pot and it's uh, heat settings and and the time that it takes to do certain things that it can become your best friend with that same idea maybe just start out doing a few things and do those all the time so for instance just always do your ground beef and your ground beef soups for a couple of months until you really have that down pat and that way you'll have uh, in your repertoire maybe five meals that you can always rotate throughout each week in addition to the crock pot, my next tip is to have 10 meals that you always have the ingredients on hand for. When our kids were growing up, we had certain meals that I always had starters or that I always had starters for in the freezer or that I had ingredients for in the pantry. That way I always knew that these 10 meals were available to be made. Now, it does take a little bit of shopping ahead and preparation to do this, but once you get onto it, it's just a matter of refilling whatever you have used up from the last time you made it. So once you get those 10 meals and everything you need for those 10 meals in your freezer and or in your pantry, then it's just a matter of refilling them as you use them and uh, for a particular meal. For us personally... I used a lot of what I called meal starters for my freezer. Now, I've been an avid freezer cook for 24 years this summer, ever since I was just about to have our fourth child, who um, we affectionately called Colic Kara. That is the summer that I began using Make-A-Mix cookery, uh, which I have used now for 24 years, and now I even have developed my own low-carb mixes from the principles that I learned through those 24 years of using the Make-A-Mix cookery book. But that summer, I began putting things in the freezer and making mixes and learning about bulk cooking and learning about cooking ahead. 
And through that, I also developed what I called these freezer starters or these meal starters. So yes, I'm going to talk in a little bit about freezer meals and I'm going to do an entire podcast episode on that in coming weeks. But generally speaking, even outside of the complete meals, I did what I called my meal starters. And this was part of these 10 meals that I always had on hand. For example, I had a beef stew starter that I always had quart bags in the freezer of. And this was out of the Make a Mix cookery book. And I'm pretty sure it's also at our blog. But it's uh, some places it's called braised beef cube mix. Um, sometimes I call it beef stew starter, but it is basically uses cream soups and you can make those yourself if you don't want to use canned varieties or you can wing it with uh, cream cheese, sour cream, half and half beef base, minced onion and seasonings if you don't want to actually make soups Um, and beef cubes and then you freeze that and you have a beef stew starter. With that, I always kept cans of chunky vegetables in my pantry. I could drain those, add those to the beef stew starter, and there I had beef stew. Or I kept rice or noodles on hand. The beef stew starter was also good for stroganoff. And so that was one uh, meal, or actually a couple, that I always had on hand. And I knew that if worse came to worse and I couldn't, didn't have time to do anything else, I could defrost a beef stew starter, stick it all in the crock pot with those chunky vegetables, and be on my way. Another one is chili. For that, I always kept ground beef cooked up. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit, in a, a little bit more detail. But then I always had the cans of tomato juice the seasonings that I needed, the beans, and I always had that in place ready to make chili. Spaghetti. I would either have homemade meatballs, um, which I now have in my rotation all the time because of low-carb baking and cooking, or store-bought meatballs, and spaghetti sauce, and spaghetti. Um, Meatloaves, and potato casseroles. These were always something I kept in my freezer. But even if you didn't have all of these things necessarily made up in your freezer, you can do something entirely different. Like you can do salmon patties and minute rice that you just know. I always have salmon in the cupboard. I always have my filling, whether that's cracker crumbs or bread crumbs or uh, crouton crumbs or whatever you like for your filling, uh, eggs. I always have minute rice. I'm always ready to go with the salmon patty and minute rice meal. Or just the ingredients. I always have um, a can of canned beef and uh, frozen vegetables so I can always make a skillet meal. So it doesn't always have to necessarily, to have these 10 meals on hand, have these ingredients on hand, doesn't always have to be homemade. Now, I cook a lot of homemade um, because I've learned to throughout the years, raising seven children on one salary. But you don't have to necessarily do everything homemade. And so the beauty of this 10, 10 meal idea is that you can just take, maybe your 10 meal idea is simply always having a bag of Orida french fries and hamburger patties in your freezer. And you know that's a meal and it's always there. So it can be however homemade or however not homemade that you want it to be. And the beauty of it is you always have those 10 meals. Next is going back to the whole uh, 
freezer meat. I want to talk about this a little bit more because I would say that this, if I could only choose one of these things, well, if I could only choose two of these things, this would be one of those two because I can't tell you what having meat already prepared in my freezer has done for me. Now, I started out, as I said, with the Make a Mix cookery book, and that book had these different meat combinations that you did, like chicken with celery and carrots and onions, or with beef that you did tomatoes and so forth, and you made up these starters and put them in your freezer. Um, I found that a little bit limiting because if I wanted to use, you know, the chicken, the shredded chicken for chicken and dumplings, it already had other stuff in it that I might not want. Or if I wanted to use the shredded chicken for barbecue, I definitely didn't want it to have the carrots and onions and celery in it. The same thing was true with the beef. It was kind of a tomato-y kind of beef mixture, which had a lot of meals that you could make out of it. Um, and, and if you could get this book from your library, you would really get a lot of great ideas from it. But I felt like that was very limiting too. So instead, I just started doing the meat idea. As I told, said earlier, I put them in my crock pot for the day or for the evening or for the night. And then I drained them. And I do several different kinds of meat. The first one, as I mentioned, is crumbled beef. And um, I really advise that if you're not used to doing this, that you get a good meat thermometer and that you use that meat thermometer until you are on to your crock pots method. But crumbled beef used to be such a headache at our house because whoever's turn it was had two huge skillets going on top of the stove and 10, 12, 16 pounds of ground beef to, to fry, drain, crumble, bag. And it was literally a two-hour project, and um, nobody wanted the job. It's not fun at all, and it is very, very boring, too, because there's no creativity in it. Um, but once I got onto this crock-pot method several years ago, it's just a breeze. I just put it in the night before, or I put it in for the day, and then as I'm fixing dinner, my husband and I will go out there and just bag it up, label it, stick it in the freezer. Of course, we drain it first and crumble it. But then, all of a sudden your world has opened up to unlimited ground beef options. I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about the vegetable ground beef soup I just made, sloppy joes, taco meat, enchiladas, ground beef enchiladas, uh, cheeseburger potato soup, spaghetti with meat sauce, a pasta casserole, lots of different combinations of pasta casseroles that use ground beef, pizzas, uh, Mexican pizza, um, I'm just thinking of these off the top of my head, uh, A like a noodle stroganoff or a rice stroganoff with ground beef. It is really just unlimited. And having these meats, even if I don't have a complete meal in the freezer, pulling out two and a half pounds of ground crumbled ground beef, that's one pound is two and a half cups. So that's another good thing to know when you label your bags. One uh, pound is two and a half cups of crumbled ground beef. So then at that point in time, I know I if I stick some, some meat in my sink that morning, I know I have something going. I'm on my way. The next one is shredded chicken. I mentioned that a little bit ago, and I have a blog post as well as some recipes about that with more going up. But the shredded chicken is even easier than the ground beef because you don't have to drain it and there's no grease involved. Just I like to put a crock pot full of chicken thighs and chicken breast, cook it. I always put my chicken on high for an hour, 
Then I turn it down to low for several hours and I always use my meat thermometer and get right into the middle of it to be sure that the chicken is fully cooked. Then I pour it into another bowl, drain it, keep the broth because um, I usually pour the broth into each bag a little bit, little broth, little bit of broth in each bag. Then I drain it, let it cool a tiny bit, then just dig in with my hands and in two or three minutes I have 12, 15 pounds of shredded um, chicken. And again, those recipes are unlimited. You have chicken noodle casserole, chicken noodle soup, chicken gnocchi soup, chicken pot pies, barbecue chicken, chicken enchiladas, chicken spaghetti casserole, chicken tacos, uh, chicken, and I may have already mentioned chicken enchiladas, chicken um, fajitas, um, just on and on and on that you can use the shredded chicken for. Of course, there's always salad. There's also like chicken salad, uh, salad with shredded chicken over it. Um, all kinds of meals that can be made if you just put out a bag of that in the morning. Um, I have also taken this one step further with the different shredded uh, meats, and I will put a couple of roasts in the crock pot. Shred that, put it in the um, freezer with a little bit of broth, and then I can pull that out and make barbecue beef, um, beef pot pies. Um, I have a beefy potato rival soup that is at the blog that I use um, shredded beef in. Um, shredded beef enchiladas, definitely that. Shredded beef um, Mexican pizza, we do that sometimes. And um, of course, I can use one of the roast with some vegetables that night for a meal and then bag the then shred the other one and bag it. Um, just gives you, again, so many options. And lastly, I use um, shredded pork. So that also gives you some of the same things you could, you do with the shredded beef you can do with the shredded pork. Barbecue pork, um, shredded pork tacos, um, shredded pork casseroles, um, especially like with rice or with cabbage. So there's just a lot that you can do with that. Also, along the same lines of the crumbled beef, I use... Um, turkey sausage and do a, uh, not necessarily as much, but do a half crock or sometimes a full crock of the turkey sausage. And then I have that for, um, sausage gravy for, um, egg roll in a bowl, which is just basically in a skillet meal, um, with, uh, ground sausage and, um, seasonings and cabbage. So just a lot of possibilities. So number three, cook meat and freeze it. You'll love it. Next, my next tip is to make combination meals whenever possible. This was probably the hardest thing for me to work around when I started cooking and baking low carb over the last couple of years due to uh, pre-diabetes uh, for myself and um, some high triglycerides and so forth for my husband. And the, the difficult thing with this was that I was so used to making combination meals for a family of nine. And so, you know, a lot of enchiladas, lasagnas, um, Mexican casseroles, um, pasta casseroles, um, pot pie, um, 
if I did make a meat, it always had vegetables around it, you know, so it would be like a, a meatloaf with vegetables around it, ham loaf with vegetables around it, and so forth. And these combination meals have really been tough for me with low carbing because the rice, the pasta, and in some cases the tortillas are too high in carbs to use for the combination meals. So my first suggestion is if you are not using combination meals, and, and some people think that freezer cooking is all casseroles, and that really couldn't be further from the truth, um, especially now. I mean, my freezer right now is full of all of those meats I just described to you, every one of those. I have four to three to ten bags of each of those meats that I just described in my freezer, and they may become a casserole, but they may, you know, become a sloppy joe or a taco meat or whatever, too, and um, meatballs, I have ham loaves, I have salmon patties, I have meat loaves, I have the braised beef cube mix to use for beef stew and beef stroganoff. Um, so it isn't always just when people think of freezer meals, they often think, oh, I don't want to do a soup, a pasta, a meat. Um, so the same thing is true of combination meals. Combination meals, in general, that doesn't always mean that you're going to have the starch, soup, meat. A lot of combination meals are, you know, not that way, like the enchiladas and the lasagnas and so forth. They're not what you would think of as a um, kind of thrown-together casserole. They're actually really good meals that your family will enjoy. So whenever possible, making combination meals, that does an amazing thing for you. For one thing, all of a sudden, you don't have to think about side dishes. And um, I have a tendency have this mentality that if I have meatloaves in the freezer, but I don't have any rice pilaf there, or I don't have any potato casserole, or um, I don't have any uh, um, other kind of rice combination or potato combination kind of ready to go, mashed potato casserole, whatever, then I don't really have a meal because I've gotten so used to combination meals and how much easier they make cooking for our family. So um, if you don't currently do combination meals, I recommend looking on Pinterest. You can look on our my blog also. I have like the spaghetti casserole, which is one of our family's favorites. Um, if you're not limiting carbohydrates, you have a lot of possibilities that are not just starch, soup, meat. Um, so I would con I would definitely look up the braised beef cube mix. That is an amazing uh, starter, but it makes uh, good combination meals so that you have your meat and starch, and so you can just add your vegetables or salad or whatever to that. Um, the spaghetti pie, as I just mentioned, is a real big favorite at our house. Enchilada casseroles, both the red with the ground beef or shredded beef, and also with the white um, for the chicken enchiladas. A lasagna, again, both the red and the white um, lasagnas. Um, rice dishes, there are some really good rice dishes. Now, um, if you want to cook up rice ahead of time and freeze that, uh, we don't have rice very much anymore. Um, and when we do, it's just like in another dish like fried rice or something where there are a lot of vegetables and other things so that the rice is diluted so it's not so high in carbs. But um, definitely combination meals, just all of a sudden you have most of your meal. And that is just a, a really great way to be efficient in your kitchen and to feel ahead of the game um, just with any type of combination meals. Okay, finally, 
My last efficient tip for today is to put something in the freezer each week. I have been a freezer cook, as I mentioned, for 24 years. And throughout that time, I have done everything from um, what I do now, which is to make sure that I have put something in the freezer every single week, which is a small thing for me to do compared to what I have done in the past when I had helpers. My daughters were huge helpers for um, freezer cooking and uh, cooking just everything. All of my kids have been huge helps in all areas, just amazing. But um, the uh, simple method of just putting something in the freezer each week that I'm about to describe to you here, all the way up to a complete um, 20 or 30 meal cycle where, you know, this week I put 20 ground beef, crumbled ground beef meals in the freezer. Next week, I put 20 shredded chicken meals in the freezer, and so on and so forth. And then I collected them all, and then I had a freezer full of various types. That was my cycle cooking um, that uh, is kind of overwhelming, so I don't write about it a lot. Um, but I definitely, uh, if you go to the blog, you'll notice a lot of the recipes that I've been adding lately have notes at the bottom. They have what I call recipe labels and variations, and they talk about, the recipes talk about how you can make the dish low carb for if you're, you know, really watching your carbs, or you can make it family friendly low carb or just healthier in general. And that's the family friendly low carb tag. And each recipe tells whether it's a freezable recipe and how I would go about freezing it, whether it's part of my cooking cycle, like when I do all shredded, all ground beef, you know, all side dishes, whatever, my different cycles. It tells whether it's sugar-free or not. It tells whether um, it fits into different eating plans and um, so forth. So when you see a recipe at the blog and it says, you know, low-carb crepes or whatever, um, there's always an, an avenue for making that either just healthy or family-friendly or whatever. So it's not necessarily all just low-carb. So from back to this point, that led me from the whole cycle thing. So I did this big elaborate cycle thing. So And then I've done everything in between. And um, right now I'm kind of a less is more kind of girl because I'm working a lot of hours uh, on curriculum writing and um, working on our parenting seminar and blogging and testing my books with students and so forth. So I'm not necessarily doing such huge cycles. So this is where this tip really helps me a lot. And it's really great for somebody who wants to start freezer cooking. I have a lot of um, moms who will say, and and, uh, one of my tutoring students, uh, his mom just came and said, you know, how can I do your whole cooking system? You know, I've got eight kids. I want to freeze things. You know, she has eight kids like 12 and under and, um, summer special needs and, and so forth. And my best advice to really start doing anything, any kind of freezer cooking outside of the meats that I described earlier is to make it your goal to put something in the freezer each week. With that, I tell myself that I will not let a week go by that something doesn't go in my freezer. And if I am, you know, down to the wire and I'm not getting anything in the freezer, then I just run to the store and get 12 pounds of chicken or 12 pounds of ground beef and get me some meats in the freezer. But with this attitude of put something in the freezer each week, you are starting to build up a freezer supply and especially if you have, you know, a couple freezers and you can stack them and so forth. And you can see some blog posts um, 
at the blog that show that talk about freezer cooking and also show the stackable fr- uh, freezer pans and um, foil pans and so forth. Um, but with this tip, put something in the freezer each week. Uh, one idea is to take the whole concept of don't make one casserole, make two a little bit further and make four. The thing about it is that it, it is not, if it takes 30 minutes to make a lasagna, it takes 60 minutes to make three or four of them, depending on how many you're trying to feed with that. So it's exponentially advantageous to you. It's not like, oh, I'm going to make a lasagna. It's going to take a half an hour. If I want to make four, it's going to take two hours. That's not how it is because once you have all of your ingredients out and once you have all of your ground beef cooked up in the crock pot overnight, um, or, or however, whatever you're doing, you have all of your ingredients mixed. It's not, you know, four times the amount of time that it takes to make one dish. It's not four times that to make four of them. So my concept is as much as possible to do four of something every week in the freezer, whether it is, you know, four foil pans of meatloaves with two meatloaves in each one. Um, I still, I adjusted all my recipes down from feeding 12 to feeding uh, eight so that we would have leftovers for lunch. Um, because most of, most everybody either eats at home or packs still their lunches from home. So I need to have leftovers for that. Um, but four of whatever. So maybe four pans of meatloaves, four lasagnas, four bags of shredded beef, four bags of salmon, uh, salmon patties, four, pans of chicken enchiladas or whatever it might be. But once you get into the mindset of, I cannot, I don't want to go out of this week without putting something in the freezer, you'll be surprised how much you accumulate quickly, especially if you don't just keep using those four things right away. And that usually is just thwarted anyway, because you don't want chicken enchiladas, you know, four nights out of this week. So you might use one and put the other three in. And then next week, if you make four bags of sloppy joes, you know, you might use one that day and put the other three in the freezer. And you just start really accumulating freezer entrees and things very quickly. So I invite you to look at our blog at some of our freezer entrees there. Um, I'm adding more all the time, um, healthifying some of those to make them a little healthier. Um, But always have all kinds of options that you can do Um, for family-friendly cooking, for healthy cooking, and for freezer cooking. So those are my five efficiency tips in the kitchen for this week. Um, Number one, use the crock pot. Number two, have 10 meals that you always have ingredients on hand for. Number three, cook meat and freeze it. Number four, make combination meals whenever possible. And number five, put something in the freezer each week. Again, this has been Donna Reish with the Character Inc. Wondering Wednesday podcast episode. Visit our blog to check out our samples of character quality language arts and meaningful composition. Check back frequently as we add more curriculum all the time and we add more samples that you can try before you buy. Our samples are complete samples, meaning that they are a complete two-week lesson in the case of meaningful composition or a complete four-week lesson with answer keys and lesson plans in the case of character quality language arts, not just bits and pieces. You can actually try before you buy. Also check out 
our many areas of help that we have there, including language arts and homemaking, parenting, and maybe even contact us for a Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar. Thank you for joining us for another Wondering Wednesday podcast episode.